Hello and welcome to Next Level Ops, a podcast that explores tools, tips, and techniques for hosting and managing websites presented by Plesk. We are approaching the end of season two, which has had a big focus on e-commerce and running your online stores. Today, our guest is Jason Coleman. He is the CEO and founder of Stranger Studios, which creates Paid Memberships Pro, a membership plugin for WordPress, as well as site-wide sales. And we're going to be talking about Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. Now, before we get started, a couple of reminders. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to get the latest episodes as they come out. And if you're wondering, is Plesk offering a Black Friday, Cyber Monday deal? Well, they are. But in order to find out what it's going to be, you need to join the mailing list or follow Plesk wherever you follow Plesk. You can Join the mailing list over at plusk.com slash podcast to be the first to find out what their amazing Black Friday, Cyber Monday offers will be. But for now, let's bring in our guest, Jason. How are you? I'm doing great. And I'm super excited to be talking with you again, Joe. Uh, Yes. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, Jason was my first guest on my own podcast and actually coined the term, get out there and build something. Uh, so uh, if you've heard me do that sign off, it's, that's all Jason's idea. He needs to get a cut of the royalties. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That is good. Yeah. I'm, my lawyer will be contacting you. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, awesome. I think it's, I think it's on record too. Like I'm like, I need to find a good way to end that. And you just said, get out there and build something. So, um, but here on next level ops, uh, we've had a big focus on, uh, a, I'm going to redo that because of the train. (laughs) Okay. Now here on Next Level Ops, we've had a big focus on e-commerce. Plesk has rolled out their e-commerce toolkit to help uh, shop owners and store builders create the best possible online experience. And one of the things that people have at the forefront of their mind around the last quarter of the year uh, as well as this month of of November is Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. Which uh, Jason, I know you've been working um, with a lot. You've been doing a lot of tests on sales and pricing and things like that. So I'm really excited to talk to you. But before we dive into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm Jason Coleman, Stranger Studios. We, you know, right now we focus on building products to help people get paid. And so, you know, that's both um, individuals who are turning their side gigs gigs into full-time work and making money to, you know, establish their dreams. And it's also organizations that are raising money using our uh, software, Paid Memberships Pro. And around Black Fridays, we released a product a couple years ago, Sitewide Sales, that we had built for ourselves. Um, You know, four years ago, we ran a Black Friday sale for the first time and it went well. And we kind of had to figure out all these different things around, you know, organizing the sale and making it repeatable and like, importantly, like figuring out if the sale worked. So making sure the reporting was all good. Um, and we, we launched that for paid memberships pro users and then later for, um, you know, WordPress users in general uh, using like WooCommerce or easy digital downloads as well. And so like for the past couple of years, especially around Black Friday season, like we're in this zone of helping people run sales and think about sales and um, it's kind of fun. It's it's you know my pastime now. <laughs> it's like checking out sales on on websites and seeing what people are doing. 
That's that's fantastic. And I think you you touched on already a lot of important things, right? Like my first Black Friday Cyber Monday sale was a couple of years ago and it was done like the week before yeah. Black Friday and I just kind of discounted something or maybe I put out a lifetime deal for a new mem- for my new membership and it didn't really go the way I thought it would. I got a lot of unsubscribes from my mailing list oh, yeah. because um I wasn't like I didn't set them up for that or whatever. And so I've learned, I've learned a lot this year. I decided to make a concerted effort to, to do better. Um, but what were some of the things that, that, um, well, first of all, let's start with this, right? Uh, you, you did your first Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale four years ago. Uh, are they, are they even worth it? Yeah. Is it worth it? I mean, that's an important question. And I, I was worried too, and maybe I'll like I'll say some of the reasons I was worried because it might you know connect with other people who are worried about running a sale. I was worried about like making my product look less valuable. You know, like I set a price of three hundred dollars for my product, and I believe in it. And so, putting it on sale is that kind of like letting people know, well, it's not really worth as much as you thought it was, or kind of hurting your branding in general, like because the sale looks cheesy. You know, we all know like jewelry stores at the mall everything's constantly 50% off. And <laughs> yeah. if it's always 50% off, it's like, what is the real price? And you're kind of confusing your customers. I was also worried about existing customers seeing the sale and you know, reaching out and saying, hey, I paid full price. Can I get a discount? And would I have to do a bunch of partial refunds and lose money? Um, but what, what really happened to me was I, I was getting FOMO. You know, I had friends who ran similar businesses and they had run Black Friday sales the year before. And the reports I was getting back were folks were seeing like 25 to 75% of their total November sales, like just on Black Friday weekend. So, wow. and especially in some businesses like have holiday sales. We used to have a wine business where like half our business was in November and December. Um, but in the B2B space, like November and December are fairly slow. Um, and so kind of bumping up your sales in that time when they're generally slow was like pretty enticing. And so we just tried it. Like, I think it's worth experimenting and trying. Like the things I learned were that, you know, Black Friday is the one time of year when everyone expects you to run a sale. So it's not a surprise. Like the damage, it minimizes the damage to the brand and value perception of your product because people expect you to be running a sale. Um, and, and I also learned, like I was worried about people kind of asking for a partial refund. And that's, not as big a problem as I thought it would be. And it, it might be different for different products at different price points and things. But we found, you know, if we get 200 extra sales through a Black Friday weekend, we'll have a handful, like maybe five or less, that kind of ask before or after, like, hey, can I get the deal? Um, and I think as long as you're selling at a profit, like you should make sure you're, you, there's a big discount on Black Friday, but you're still making a profit somehow. You know, I don't mind people, you know, using the, the sale, like that's why we run a sale, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Cause I worry about that too. Right. I've got, um, you know, I've got members that are, are, are paying full price and when they come up to renew, like, will they be mad they didn't get some sale or whatever? But I think it probably depends on the, the proximity to when they purchased versus the sale, right? Like if they bought the yeah. day before, they're probably more likely to be like, Hey, I bought this yesterday. Can I get this sale? Yeah, that's what it seems like. And people I like either don't have time to ask, don't worry to ask. They they didn't even see your stuff. Um 
Yeah, that's like an important tip too, is if you can segment your list. And it sounds like you talked about when you first sent your Black Friday sale. Um, I don't know if you had, you said something about how you had some issues, but I, in my mind, I was like, oh, you got to make sure you like segment your, your mailing list so that people aren't unsubscribing. Um, yeah. yeah. That you're only sending to kind of warmer leads. And that like the warm leads is important too. I think that's, that's when Black Friday can be valuable in my experience and what I've seen with like our customers is if you already have a site that is making some money and if you have kind of a, like a backlog of potential customers, um, like in our case, we do a lot of content marketing. We have a free product. And so we have a lot of people on our mailing list who are in our ecosystem but haven't paid yet. And we're, kind, we're pitching to them. You know, we're not pitching to random strangers, you know, um, we already have like warm leads. So I think that's an important part. Like if you're launching a new product, some people have said, other other folks have success, so try to find them and figure out their playbook. But in my mind, like Black Friday is a really noisy weekend to try to launch a new product that no one knows about yet. <laughs> um, yeah. I think there's better success if you're either, like I said, like um, pitching to warm customer or like, you know, warm leads that you have or existing customers to upgrade is another opportunity um, that I think can work too. Um, yeah, that's that's a really great point, right? And even again now, like I I almost upgraded um, a product called TubeBuddy. It's something to give you better analytics and A/B testing with your YouTube channel. Yeah. And I thought, well, I'm already paying for a competitor like through December. I'll see if they run a Black Friday Cyber Monday sale, right? But I'm already like pretty warm on that product, and I'm just right. waiting because I don't need it right now. Um, so I, th- I think that's a really good point. And then the other thing you you mentioned, right, was um, uh, worried about devaluing the product, hurting the brand. That reminded me of uh, like a, a a fatal mistake that I think it was J.C. Penney did mm-hmm. uh, several years ago, right? Where because J.C. Penney, uh, for for those unfamiliar, was a, like a big department store in the United States, and they would basically run like thirty to fifty percent off sales constantly. Um, they, I think they had a new CEO take over. They hired a consultant who said, well, we'll just get rid of the sales and drop the prices to, okay. we'll just make those the normal prices. And that like really hurt them. People stopped buying because they were expecting a sale. The price didn't matter. The idea of the sale mattered. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I guess they had already committed to, to that business model of right. constantly running sales. And so when they flipped the switch, you know, their, ex- their customer base was confused. Yeah, that's um, exactly right. And, yeah. and the same thing goes for, I mean, like Untuck, for example, is I love those shirts. Um, yeah. I get an email from them every single day uh, and I haven't unsubscribed yet. So like if you're worried about overselling to your list, um, if, if people like your product, they'll just ignore and open the ones that they like. But Untuck runs a sale every day or every weekend. So... I know for a fact I'm never going to pay full price for an untucked shirt. Like, and and uh, I can probably hedge my bets and and get if I wait yeah. two weeks, get a bigger and, discount or whatever. And I think that there are businesses that operate that way, and it, it can work. Apparently, um, it's kind of not for me. I, I think you those companies have to have like a sales department who like just handles it, and that's their only job is to come up with sales. I also feel from a technical standpoint. That running too many sales like really complicates things. This used to happen with our clients when we did freelance work, and now it happens on our own site. Every time I run a sale, I kind of have to remember that price point. Like in the code, there's <laughs> lines saying, like, yeah. if you paid $87.32, like make sure you still pay that when you renew. 
And there's all these exceptions, you know, like don't show the sale <clears throat> to this kind of user because they're paying less, you know, or something. It's like, right. Um, so those big sites that are constantly running sales, like probably have tools to help them do that. But I think they also have a ton of tech debt on top of the kind of brand image that they're projecting. Um, so it's not for me. I think, you know, I'd rather, you know, set my price and that's the price I have. And we really try to run like a limited number of sales at this point. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I think uh, if it wasn't clear, I was, I was kind of reinforcing your point. Right? <laughs> okay, because, yeah. uh, you know, like I, if I ever see an untucked shirt on sale for full or, or, and I have to pay full price for it, I'm never going to buy that because right. I know if I just like go home and buy it online, I'll get it for cheaper or whatever. Um, yeah, they've changed. Right. There's also the yeah, and and those are one-off purchases, right? Like, mm. you know, if if you're doing a membership, you, you you do have to remember. Oh, well, is it just for the first year, or are they going to renew at this price every year? And and you know, sometimes as a store owner, I I do what's easier, which is probably just renew at the the price or whatever. But um, yeah. So okay, so we kind of went through when and why it might be worth it for you. I know Brennan Dunn talks a lot about this and like different offers if you're doing like services or, or one-off products. Um, have you have you found that um, a, a particular offer works best I, based on what you've said? I I, I yeah, think yeah. I think you you do, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, and I think these specific tips are going to depend on. Your, your type of market. You can even find um, like Black Friday, like the average Black Friday discount amount per category, right? Some, oh, some, wow. some um, there's lists out there if you Google for that, you know, like there's a bigger margin on jewelry and clothing than there is on like electronics and stuff like that. So you're not, you know, going to get great deals. But for us personally, we did, we, we did a lot of experimenting around length of sale and also like the, the uh, how deep of a discount to provide. And we're finding that like less than a week is good for the sale because there is a downside to running a sale. Like normal users who come to your website are going to pay, you know, 30 to 50% less <laughs> for your product. Right. Um, and our software like SiteWide Sales does things to kind of minimize that. If you have existing sales, you know, uh, funnels, you know, people uh, watch the How I Built It podcast that I was on and I think there might be a discount code in there. And if they use that from five years ago to come to our website, they're not going to see the Black Friday sale. Um, when they're oh, yeah. using like a previous offer, which is good. Um, nice. Uh, and so you could do stuff like that to minimize that. But anyway, we found that um, le- less than a week is pretty good. Like that's how long it takes to kind of clear the backlog of customers who are lining up to buy our products at a cheaper rate. Um, longer than that, and you're, you're you know the diminishing returns. Um, we also found like. Uh, um, like a 33% discount and 50% discount. There's some research that like those are more common and you want to you want to stand out among the competitors. So if you can hit those rates, like if or if, say, for example, if you're thinking about like a 30% discount, you might as well bump it to 33. It's going to be mm-hmm. kind of more noticeable. It's 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 almost like when you're setting like, you know, 99, 99 or 97. Yeah. Um, it's that same kind of like if you're gonna have a 40% discount, that's not worth it. Like go to 33 or 50. Um uh, how people are are seeing things. Um, that's so it's it's not it's not really the higher the discount the the better. I mean, yeah. it, like obviously ninety percent. Well, I don't know. Maybe people yeah. won't jump on ninety percent. But, <laughs> um, but I think there's definitely diminishing returns, like above fifty yeah. percent discount in terms of like just sales. Even I mean, there's obviously diminishing returns in revenue because you're 
taking less money. But like a 50% discount is, you know, almost as effective as a 90% discount, but it's way more effective than a 10% discount. Um, We have some charts on our site that we link to about that. But so we found, yeah, we found that around the offer. Um, And the other thing is I try to keep it simple. Um, We ran an interesting experiment where one spring sale we ran, I wrote a series of like five emails that I was like super proud of. I was using this technique of like um, presenting a problem that my customer has and then solving that problem and then teasing another problem I'm going to email about the next day. And then the next day I emailed about that problem, solved it and teased it. And it's a kind of like Gary Vaynerchuk, jab, jab, right hook technique where you're, yeah. you're just trying to deliver value in the email series. And and at the end you're like, hey, and by the way, like if you like this, like we're on sale. Um, so I wrote, you know, it was like very time consuming, you know, 10 paragraph emails five days in a row. Um, and it did well. Like that sale was awesome. And then fast forward a year, it's a spring sale again. And I say, let's send the same emails that we sent last year. Um, it seemed to work. But when we looked at the content of the emails, it was like a little timely. Like it kind of didn't make sense anymore. Some of my references or like I talked about features that we had built into the product. So it didn't really make sense anymore. Um, so I, we, we were running out of time. So I said, oh, just send like the minimal email that's like, our product is awesome. It's on sale. This is how big the sale is. Here's the link to get it. And that sale did just as well as the one that I spent a ton of time writing on. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, like you, it, you can overthink these things sometimes. Like people are, if you have a good product that's in demand and there's people kind of lining up to get it and they only like buying things on sale or that's, a, that's the amount of nudge it takes to kind of push them over, the, you know, into becoming a paying customer. You know, all they really need to know is, you know, your product's on sale. This is what the discount is and this is how to, how to get it. Um, and, and, and so I, I kind of toned down our emails. They're very straight around sales. They're very, you know, straight into the point now. Yeah. It almost sounds like that first series of emails works as like a, uh, like a welcome sequence or like a, a re warm up or whatever, right. Where you're, you're telling people the story to get them to, to feel good about the brand and the problem solving. But if, if they're already interested in the product, maybe just the nudge to be like, oh, hey, if you wanted to get this, like now is probably the best time to get it. Yeah, exactly. And we, we have a pretty active mailing list that we're you know, using for these sales as well. Um, so if you have a dead mailing list, maybe you do need some of that warm up like in mm-hmm. the weeks leading up to Black Friday. And that is a tip we give. I know, you know it might be too late this year when folks, you know, if, if you're listening to this the week before Black Friday. Um, but that's good both like, from the the person reading the emails perspective, they're like, "Oh yeah, Joe Casabona, I remember that guy." And then it's kind of in their brain when they see your later emails. Mm-hmm. But also, like the all the like email and spam algorithms, you know, are you know what goes in your inbox or not? Um, if if they open an email of yours like the month before Black Friday, they're going to be more likely to get your Black Friday email into their inbox and open it. So if you can kind of deliver like high value non sales content in October that'll juice the algorithms that kind of, you know, help people click through on your emails. That's just like email stuff. <laughs> yeah, but that's but that's perfect segue into what I was going to ask uh, about next, which is when and how to prepare. I, I've kind of heard the same thing, right? Like where if you never email your list, November and December are the worst times to just start emailing your list because it's more likely you're going to get flagged as spam for one, so it lowers your deliverability rate. But also people are getting bombarded with emails. And if they see one from somebody they don't 
like, uh, why did I sign up? Who is this person? Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're less likely. They're probably more likely to unsubscribe, and they're definitely not likely to buy from you. Yeah, totally. So it's good to have a warm email list, like we said. Um, I think you don't want to be too concerned about unsubscribes. Um, like you, you said, I think you said this at the top of the show that if someone you like the untucked emails, you're like, I like the product. I'm just going to archive that email. I'm not going to unsubscribe. Um, you know, the people who really will buy from you will will stay on, and the people who unsubscribe typically weren't going to become a customer anyway. But that doesn't mean that you should abuse them by only emailing <laughs> Black Friday yeah, yeah. weekend. Like you should you should be delivering value through like your social media channels and your email channels. Um, you know, throughout the year, and that's kind of how you build up that that demand that will then take advantage of the sale. Um, so in a in a pinch, like try it out. But th- that is an important note. Um, a- another important thing to get ready ahead of time is stuff like testimonials. So you don't really want to be emailing someone for a testimonial the week of Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to get back to you, or it's not going to be good quality. Um, you know, so get that content if you don't have it. That's like, and, and testimonials is important content to include in those emails and also on the landing page that you might be building for your offer. Um, you know, demonstrate social proof. And, and even if you have testimonials, um, you know, if you're like us, maybe like your positioning has changed and it's good to, yeah. when you ask for a testimonial, kind of lead them like, Hey, I'd like to, fo- I'd like to not focus on how easy the, it is to set up. Cause maybe our product's not easy to set up, you know, <laughs> like uh, let's focus instead on like the flexibility. That's like how we're positioned now. And so, you know, you send an email to uh, folks and they'll write a testimonial back talking about how flexible your product is, for example. And um, so you can gather that information, you know, a couple months in advance is good. Um, but if it's Black Friday now, like it might, you know, run run a sale anyway as a test. You know, do your best. Um, think of it as an experiment. Don't get too committed to it. Like, don't, um, there is that little bit of tech debt of like supporting customers at a lower rate potentially, or, or even like the kind of business debt of like. But um, you know, you can you can deal with that. And if if the sale doesn't go well, you don't have to do it again in the future. If if there's some, you know, it, it does a little bit well, but like you could have done a better job next year, you can kind of try to run a spring sale or a summer sale to really like figure things out. And then, you know, just run your Black Friday sale the following year at a better discount. You can kind of get ready. And the beauty, like where we're at now, um, if you use a tool like Sitewide Sales, which is my product, but there's other ways to run sales. The beauty is if if you've done it and and your technology platform is kind of stable, you can kind of just like flick the button and everything runs exactly how it did last year, and you just make more money. That's kind of like the holy grail of like, you know, after a year of figuring out your sales, you can just rerun the same sales the following year and every year, you know, a few times a year. And uh, it's extra money. It's pretty great. Yeah, that's that's a really great point, right? Um, so so first of all, there's there were a couple of really great points here. First, don't be too concerned about unsubscribes. Um, I think that's First of all, most ESPs or email service providers will charge you, right, for the number of email addresses that you have on your list. So I welcome unsubscribes. Uh, <laughs> like if someone's never going to buy from, from, from me, I, I don't want to pay for them to be on my list. Um, I, I think the other piece of advice there is probably um, remove cold subscribers, right? Most ESPs will track cold subscribers and if you're sending to them and they're never opening, that also lowers your deliverability. But 
the the point that I don't hear a lot in the context of sales and, and Black Friday, Cyber Monday is testimonials. Um, because I think a lot of people don't like asking for them. I know I've always had a hard time asking for them. And now it's just kind of part of um, not an automated sequence. I'm, I'm working on that probably for 2022. But, uh, you know, somebody, somebody buys a product and for me, it's courses. Maybe halfway through the course, I can automatically send them an email that says, uh, hey, uh, it looks like you've made it halfway. Congratulations. I hope you're enjoying it. Would you mind uh, giving a testimonial about how it's going or the advice you've gotten or something like that, right? Like mm-hmm. stuff like that to, to prompt people to, to nudge them towards giving you a testimonial. Yeah, testimonials are huge. I I think of it like the the entry of another sales funnel. Like, you know, everyone says like word of mouth is one of the kind of like most important ways to market your business. Um and, but we focus on kind of like the mathematical marketing on, you know, of paid sales or, you know, uh, affiliates or things like that. It makes sense to at least to my like left-leaning, you know, logical brain. Um but like, uh, there's a sales funnel for word of mouth, and part of that is, you know, is a process is like reaching out to your best customers and getting testimonials from them, which not only like gives you content. That's a kind of word of mouth, right? Like, but it's like yeah. on your website. But it also kind of plants the seed in their head, like you're one of our best customers, and we like you. And I forced you, <laughs> not forced you, but I asked <laughs> you, and ma- you, you spent like whatever five ten minutes like talking about how awesome my product is. Like, you have a sound bite that you're just more likely to share. Um, and yeah, so totally. I, I, I like that, that you're, you're automating your uh, testimonial process. That's a big deal in general. And like you, yeah, like you said, testimonials help with uh, sales. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And then uh, you started to segue into uh, in kind of one of the last topics I wanted to touch on today, which was, um, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about prep and, and what sales to offer. Um, but uh as people are listening to this, it's probably November. Um, if if we're talking about, I still want to try something, even though even though uh, I'll be ready for next year to prep, right? Uh, like yeah. starting in September, October. Um, run a sale anyway to do a test and don't get committed to it. I really, I really like that, right? If you think of it as more of an experiment than a I'm. I'm betting my quarter on on Black Friday Cyber Monday. It'll probably go. It'll probably um, be a, a lot easier on you mentally, at least. Yeah. Um, I I agree, and like to to the point of like planning a sale last minute. We have an ebook, and I think the title is something like uh, Six Weeks to Prep for Black Friday." And I remember talking with the team, I was like, six weeks, that's a lot. Like, can't this be like six days or six hours? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, not six weeks because you want to get testimonials up front. You want to like make sure your site's up to date. And some of the advice, you know, is like plan ahead and do it a little bit at a time. But you could find that ebook, you know, sitewidesales.com slash ebook um, and things like it and, you know, compress it into six days or even six hours um, and just lower your expectations and, Actually, all of our sales, we we think of them as experiments. Um, almost all of them, really, and, and that's a good thing. Like sometimes the team, there is this motivation of like, ah, like I wish the sales were like a little better this month. Let's run a, you know, the revenue number, top line revenue uh, for the business. Let's run a sale, and I'm like, why are we running a sale? Like, is there pent up demand, or like, is there something we can learn from it? You know, 
that's a, that's like a trick in business in general. Is if everything is an experiment and you're learning, there's there's you minimize the downside. So it's going to cost you money when you run a sale potentially. Um, but if you're learning from it, you know that's it, you get at least something out of it. And so whenever we're prompted to run a sale, it's like, hey, what can we learn? Let's try. You know, we usually give a hundred dollars off. What if we give fifty dollars off and we kind of keep everything else static? Can we kind of compare one sale to another and see? you know, what the difference is and can we, you know, run it a little longer, a little less longer. And that, that's kind of how we settled into, you know, the, the offers that we do now. Um, but of course we're going to like shake things up next year. We're going to raise prices. We're going to introduce new products. We're going to have service offerings. And so we'll have to run more experiments to figure out what's, what's the best offer. Um, and we, you know, we settled into, um, Personally, like into three to four sales a year, doing them quarterly. And that feels like for our business, you know, we're working on an infographic because it seems visual to me that like people are lining up at the door, but they only have $200. They don't have $300. And then like once every three months, we kind of open the door and let all those people in. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, it's, so that seems like the pacing that's pretty good for us. And it, it doesn't mean that like every month we're kind of scrambling to run a sale. Um, and you know, we can, like I said, like minimize like the amount of work that goes in by like repeating assets and also like using technology that makes it easy to repeat the sale and, um, you know, not writing those long form emails every time. Yeah. And, and that makes, you know, that's a, a lot of course creators will do that too, where maybe they won't do a, a, a discount sale, but their courses will only be available yeah, three or four times a year, right? So the doors are open, get in, buy the course, and then when the doors close, uh, you can almost, um, you know, build create that anticipation for for the next sale. Yeah, that's the same idea. Yeah, it was like called like cohort membership or yeah, limited enrollment. Awesome. Uh, so as as we wrap up here, this has been great. I've certainly learned a lot. Um, let's talk about. Um, again, you kind of, you, I feel, I feel like, uh, I feel like we're very much on the same page here because yeah. the next thing I, I want to ask you about is um, kind of year round sales, right? Cause you have these, you know, I know we both probably know of products in our space that have that banner at the top of their website. That's like, this sale is ending in three hours. But then if you, if you go back four hours, the, the, the timer reset, right? Yeah. Um, so Outside of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, it sounds like there are probably some other strategic times to to maybe run sales. And I suspect that's probably going to be based, it's going to depend yeah. on your industry. Yeah, yeah, I think um, a lot. So I can just speak from my own experience, but some of this would be different. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, we, so people are lining up at the door. So that's something we kind of keep in mind is if we haven't run a sale in a long time, we're more likely to run a sale and it's more likely to do better. If you run them back to back, you've kind of exhausted the people who, you know, want to take, uh, buy your product at a lower price. Um, another thing we think about when we're planning when to run sales is like bumping up slow months. So I said how like in B2B, you know, having a sale in November and December is really good because it, it those are usually slow months. Um, so the same thing is like, and we run a spring sale and a summer sale, and each of those, you know, can slide between two or three months. So our spring sale has been anywhere from like February through April, um, and just year to year, 
you know, it's like, hey, last year, you know, April sales were a little lower. Let's put the the sale that we run uh, in April to juice, you know, so to make our our revenue kind of more uh, stable. That's good for the business, like that the cash flow is like more stable. Um, and then just like support load and all, you know, everything that our business does, you know, kind of even anything we can do to even things out, you know, that the team appreciates. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, um, I think that's really good advice. So like, you know, the, I think the perpetual sale probably, um, trains people to devalue the product. Right. But Mm -hmm. a sale once in a while, um, And I'll just say a perfect example of, I won't name names, but there's one product that I feel is really overpriced, but I know that if I just wait long enough, I'll get like a 60 to 80% discount on, right? So I'm never renewing when renewal time comes, but if it's offered to me at at that really discounted price, I'll always take it. But, but, um, and maybe I'm not the target audience, but I've been trained to understand that if I am patient, I will get a huge discount. Whereas with the 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 two three four sales a year, that's I feel like that's more about anticipation building than mm-hmm. and devaluing and and giving giving maybe longtime followers a reward for being on your mailing list or, or for sticking with you and consuming your content. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's the pace that works for us. One of my favorite stories like that is there's like a, some audio software. That I want to name that gives like a, I think it's like a 50% or more discount on your birthday. So everyone like in the forums is kind of like signing up for a new account under a new email and setting their birthday to like tomorrow or whatever it is. Oh my gosh. So they can get the discount. Um, and it's it's like everyone knows it. It's I mean, sometimes I, like I, there's professionals who just need this software and like they're, you know, expensing it and they don't care right. and they pay full price, I guess. But like the the kind of amateurs, like everyone just knows this and it, it's like a known thing. Um, to just wait for Black Friday or you know fake your birthday. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! And so that leads me to my last question here, which is: Are people on to us? Right? I, you know, you you just told an anecdote. I just gave an anecdote. When we send the email, that's like this sale is only three days, and then on the third day, you're like, we're extending the sale. Like, is that just so obvious? Yeah, I don't know. Some people tell me it's not. Sometimes. You know, like we're very sensitive, and we're like, "Oh, did, are people worried that they got too many emails, or am I going to disrupt them, or they're confused by this?" And in reality, like they're busy, they're feeding their baby, and they're trying to make lunch for the other kid, and they're like, kind of like browsing on their phone really quickly. And I think they're not as perceptive, generally, customers as like we worry sometimes with that. That's what people who advocate for things like that are, are tell me. Um, but I have this principle in business that like I don't want to lie to my customers. Right. Um, and it's just stuff like that perpetual sale. Uh, like it just doesn't feel right to me. It feels like a lie. Um, and there, there is kind of a way to do it, you know, and there's like shades of gray. And someone would say to me like, well, if I set up the technology right, I'm not really lying. I am going to remove the sale after four hours or whatever. It, it follows them around with a cookie. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's really true, but like if it is, maybe it makes you, that still feels like a lie to me. But, yeah. but that that particular sale, I saw like a study. It was like a Harvard Business Review style study that said it how it works, and that people you know are happier when they've gotten a discount on a product. And, right. and maybe the study is like some people paid like three hundred twenty five, and some paid three twenty five, but it was twenty five dollars off or something. I forget how they did it yeah. exactly. And it's like, well, who am I to like 
keep my customers from being happy. You know, like yeah. <laughs> if and, I can, I mean, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like another stat like that, right? Is that eighty yeah. percent of people who visit a website, uh, a website's homepage, aren't going to go back to that homepage anytime soon, right? So. Yeah. This limited time offer kind of creates that urgency. So again, it depends on the business. It's not my cup of tea, but I think yeah. maybe another another aspect of it, right, is the pop-up modal, right? Because I've had friends who have busted my chops for having the pop-up modal when they're browsing my site. And yeah. I, I just have to be like, when I added that, there, my, my people who subscribe to my list increased like 30%. Like it yeah. works and yeah, I need yeah. that list. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like experiment and we're, and we, we ran an experiment with, um, like we called it the happy banner where it gave, like, I forget what it was like a five or 10% discount. And I worded it that way where it's like studies show that people who get a discount are happier. So I want to make you happy. Here's a 5% discount. Mm. Um, and the stats we got were that it, it wasn't like going gangbusters. It wasn't like a 30% increase in revenue or sales, but it was doing better than, you know, like the control group. Um, but I thought also it was going to interfere with the way we run sales now, where like if there's a perpetual sale, maybe that, you know, increases revenue a little bit over the year, but it, it, it would limit the, like how well our summer sale and spring sale and stuff do. Um, so we, we didn't want to, you know, exhaust people that way. Um, but it's good that they actually get stats when you try these things out, but also st- stay true to your business and, and like your own values and you have to feel good about, I, I don't like any of the shady stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, are, are people onto us? So maybe no, they're not paying as much attention as we think they are, but I think you would know, you know, so like make sure that you, you don't feel bad about, you know, what you're doing in business. Yeah. Was, be be oh, true yeah. to yourself, but yeah. don't necessarily, you know, if, if something you feel good about is also good for the business, um, your customers probably aren't going to be annoyed as you think they are. Just like, Again, with the pop-up modal, web developers in general are more sensitive to pop-up yes, exactly. modals than, than the, the regular website yeah. browser. Yeah, and um, the people who send you like the angry email about it, like they, you don't want them as a customer, like that they got to yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, I would say what, one more like really good time to run a sale is there's kind of like natural occurrences. Um, you know, in economics, they're called like natural experiments. But sometimes you might be raising your prices or about to discontinue a product or changing how you bundle things or, or, you know, kind of making a change to your pricing or product offering. And that could be a good time to run a sale. Um, you might be raising your prices because you're losing money. And then in that case, like don't really run a sale. Cause, you, <laughs> um, but if you're kind of like, I think in our case, like the last time we raised our pricing was like three or four years ago. And there is like inflation in software as well. And like, we haven't kept up with like software inflation, so we're going to raise our prices, uh, and, and we could run a sale and like literally say, with all honesty, like this is your last chance to buy this software at this price, um, and that's a pretty good motivator to get people um, to pay. So we we found that like when a couple times in the past we've we've been raising prices or shuffling up our product offerings, and we'll use that as an opportunity to say like, hey, like this week only we're about to raise our prices, so get in now and, and lock in at this rate, um, and that really th- those have worked. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's a really great point. Um, and and uh, 
good timing for for this conversation because one of the things I'm considering is um, a little peek behind the curtain. We're recording this before Black Friday, uh, or um, and so what something that I am considering doing is discontinuing my a la carte course offerings and only offering the membership. And so one of the Black Friday Cyber Monday sales I'm thinking about is this is your last chance to buy any of my courses a la carte starting you know December 1st or whatever. Uh, only the membership will be available. Yeah, I like that. That's awesome. And even if you could do the planning and figure out like what the price will be in the future, you know, you can include that and say, you know, if you want this specific course, you know, you can get it fifty dollars now, but next year it's going to be five hundred dollars for the whole thing or whatever right. the pricing really is. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Jason. Uh, this has been a great conversation. Uh, I certainly learned a lot. I know the listeners have too. If people want to learn more about you, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Jason underscore Coleman. Um, and you can see all of our products at strangerstudios.com. Um, and if you check the blog there or like site-wide sales is, you know, we talk a lot about Black Friday and stuff on there. So if you want that kind of content, that's all on that site. Um, check us out. Awesome. I will link to all of that and more over at the show notes, on the show notes at plesk.com slash podcast. Uh, So you can head over there to get all of the show notes. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing or sharing it with a friend. Uh, Jason, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Plesk. Yep. And uh, thanks so much for listening to Next Level Ops. Until next time, remember to take it to the next level. 